Hey everybody, welcome to A to D Masterminds. Oh, that's really quiet. Hey, hey, that's like one of those uh, those videos. What do you call them? Do you know what those videos are called? Where they ASMR. like whisper. It, it, what? ASMR. I don't know why I can never remember that acronym. Hey, so I'm John Howie, and I'm here with Theosaurus Rex. Say Pretty hello. Cool. Say hello. hello. Say hello, hello. again. <laughs> now dance for me. Dance. <laughs> wow, you got moves. I, you know what? This is what dinosaurs do. We can't do much with our arms, so we can do stuff with our legs. Yeah, I can And see tail. That. That's amazing. It is. Kind of wish I had a tail now. Uh, apparently, y'all had one back in the day. <laughs> I mean, we had one back in the day. What? Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, even yeah, know what's you. happening. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why we devolved them or evolved them or evolved no tails. I don't know. Is that devolving or evolving? Um, but this is a Christian podcast, so we don't talk about evolution, right? Correct. Yeah. All right. We talk about things that aren't true all the time. Leg <laughs> <laughs> gasp. All right. Hey, I wanted to start off like at the beginning to t- talking about our ADD Masterminds page. Um, which is Facebook slash ADD Masterminds. Um, wow. And, yeah, so there were just a couple posts that I thought, cool, let's talk about this. Um, so the first one, I, it was a question that I asked. This is the most recent one. How do we tell our anger is righteous? Ooh, good question. Yeah, so I, I, I got a few people that uh, responded. Um, okay. Kevin Small said, whether we cuss or not, he said JK, but I was like, dude, I could talk about that in five minutes. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> you I know, if we want to keep it short and sweet. I think it all depends. I think because a lot of people, it's, well, if I'm, I have to be angry, but not sin, as opposed to having like righteous anger, which I think there is a, di- there is a difference. And so I can get more into that. Oh, okay. Well, I'll read off the other responses and then, yeah. Um, Emmanuel Marsh said, righteous anger is protective of the right things. Intriguing. That's good. Yep. Uh, Christian Funkhauser said, wow. Well, that's an interesting (laughs) response. I'm not sure what that is. That's a terrible response. (laughs) I wonder what he was wowing. I don't know. (laughs) How do we tell our anger is righteous? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's good. Uh, like based that. on the timeline, it looks like he was he might have been responding to the whether or not we cuss. Oh, well maybe. Okay. But actually well, that it makes looks terrible from here. Oh, dang. Okay. Anyways. Hey, it's all good. Oh well. I just I don't understand that guy. So Nope. Um Alright. Anyways. Here's okay. So why don't you share your thought? Because I've been thinking about this too and I have a response, but I'll wait for yours first. Oh well thank you very much. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it has to do with so. So first off, that you know we have the command from Jesus: being green, sin not. Um, but I also I think so. I think Emmanuel had part of it where it's where righteous anger is protective of the right things, or right. when we are angry about things, there's like injustice in the world or something along that lines. I also though think it's how do we channel that anger? Like what does what so what does what you're angry about make you want to do? 
So if you're angry, oh, I got cut off, I want to get this guy back. Well, maybe not as much. Oh, I see suffering in the world, and that makes me angry, and I want to go and fix it. Not by inflicting more pain or suffering, but by helping out those people who are suffering. I think that's a good indication of what is our response to this anger, and how do we resolve this anger that we have. I like that. The only thing I would add is that your assessment of the situation has to be right, too. And oh. I think that's where a lot of people err, right? And uh-huh. so we look at this and we say, I can't believe that person said that. And it's like, they really didn't. So, oh, right. okay, I'm good. Well, that's not at all what they meant. <laughs> yeah, and I yeah. think, um, yeah. And it, I, <laughs> I know I get in trouble a lot of times because, and then apparently I, this is part of my personality type, which I totally forgot what I was. Maybe an ENTP? The anyway, thingy. Yes, whatever the um, Jundian thing is. Was it two? But, huh? Was it two? No, well, my Enneagram is a number one. Oh, okay, right, right, right. But it all depends. So, like, it is really important for me, like, if someone is upset about something and I see, oh, hold on a second, they've misunderstood where it's coming from or they're arguing against something that this other guy isn't saying, especially online. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. That happens a lot. It for me to try to help the other person understand what it is or what yeah. what I think is actually being conveyed. I like doing that. Yeah. The problem is then people think you're defending whatever that was. Yes, I experienced that a few times today. Oh, it's terrible. It is terrible. Actually, I experienced it like three or four times today. I'm so glad we don't talk politics on this show. Yes, no <laughs> politics are allowed to be talked about. <laughs> All right. Hey. So the next one, um, the next post. Um, so, a little background on this. Um, CTV News, which is a Canadian news station, um, posted this article, and really it had a video in it, um, that was saying that 100% of people lie during job interviews, hmm. which is a ridiculous stat. Yeah. Um, now, I, Maybe I they think lie during polls. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but uh, to justify it, I think what it, they were saying is not just lie, but misrepresent themselves. Uh. Um, and so, like, it's even just, like, omish, omitting things. So it's like right. you got fired at your last job, but you don't tell them. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think, I don't think anybody would tell them. Oh, and I got fired at that job, right? So... <laughs> So now, now that I got that clarification, I'm like, okay, well, maybe that's realistic. But you know what? I decided I can do better. I can right. do a better poll because we have, like, the best sample size mm-hmm. in the world here at ADD yep. Masterminds Incorporated. Um, oh. And so um, I decided I would do another one of my scientific polls. So the question was... Do you lie during job interviews? Now, what's really important in a poll, just a little uh, inside baseball for you guys, um, mm-hmm. you got to make sure that you give the right options so that you can get a legitimate sample. Right. So my options were yes, all the time, and the other answer is no, it's a sin. I think it covers pretty much every possible option. That someone could have. Yeah, I think so. I think that was very well thought out and very yes. scientific. Mm-hmm. I mean, I am a scientist. So ah. um, so y- you ready for the results? Yes, go for it. Okay, we got a sample, side, a sa- sample size of 10. 
Very scientific. Very scientific. I think that's mm-hmm. a good sample size for us to define this yep. for all humanity. Oh, um, yep. I don't know if this covers like extraterrestrial life forms, but mm. it definitely covers all of humanity. Um, oh, anyways, yeah. So 90% um, said no, it's a sin, and 10% said yes all the time. Very interesting. Yeah. Now, the question is, were they lying on the poll in order to ensure that there was something different? Oh, that's a good point. Maybe we should do, like, a follow-up poll that's like, were you lying in the last poll? How often do you lie during <laughs> polls? <laughs> when was the last time you lied in a poll? Yes, all the time, or no, I've never done that. <laughs> All right. Okay, I can't see any more of the feed. Oh, wait. Oh, okay, here. All right, so another question I had. What's your yes. favorite robot of all time? I gasp. Yeah, um, did you, do you have an answer for that? I'd have to say the original B9. B9 from? From Lost in Space. Danger, oh, danger robot. I haven't robot seen that. I have not seen that. What? Well, this is not going to be a great discussion. Um, I'm going to have other ones. Yeah, it's hard. Well, it looks like my answer uh, matched to- Mr. Tony Vance, who said oh. the robot from Lost in Space, although he didn't have the right name, but I won't say anything. His name was Robot. Technically, it was B9, <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> they call like it Robot, answer. but it's... Robot. <laughs> that's like when you name your dog Dog Yes, Dog uh, In Fallout 4 they call him Dog Meat Okay, Jeff Hendricks so. so hard to say, there's so many Marvin from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy I saw that film, I do not remember the robot uh, He's giant and white With a big head Okay uh, he didn't have a bigger, big role, I don't think. K2SO from Rogue One. I remember that one. 100% that robot true. Was awesome. He's one of my favorites, yes. Optimus Prime from Transformers the movie. Uh, and Too Many to List. I don't remember that robot. That's probably is a lesser known one, I think. Well, you know how Jeff is. Yep. He's got some pretty pretty quirky information in that head of his. True. And there's an ellipses at the end of it. Ah. So he might have, like, kind of, you know, just, like, squirreled it there for a second. Hmm. Yeah. I think it'd be cool to name something with an ellipses at the end. Oh, that would be really cool. I use too much. Ellipses is a cool word. I also like ampersand. That's another one of my favorite punctuation. Oh, that would be a good question. What's your favorite um, word for a type of... Punctuation. Oh, man. Octothorpe. I think mine is ampersand for sure. What's yours? I want to say octothorpe. What is that? It, that's the uh, the pound sign. Oh, okay. Or the hashtag symbol. I think we discussed that on our first, on my first time on the ADD oh, Masterminds. We totally did. We totally did. I'm glad we always you come remembered back, everything. Right? <laughs> we always come back. All right. Uh... So Kevin Small, he said K2SO, uh, Android from Dark Matter. I haven't seen that. Have you seen nope. that? Nope. Jazz from the 80s TV cartoon Transformers. Oh, that's I've never heard of Jazz. 
I had maybe not been born. Just depends. Okay, so I, uh, yeah, and I made this joke, and actually, I think it might have been our pilot for uh, ADD Masterminds. I, I said, uh, you know, there's like Optimus Prime and, you know, these cool names for Transformers, and then there's Bumblebee. <laughs> and I said, Bumblebee is the Canadian Transformer. <laughs> that, yes. All right. Except, sorry. Except Bumblebee can be BA, and there's not a lot of Canadians. I can do that. With the exception of um, William Shatner and uh-huh. I think Leonard Nimoy. And Justin Bieber. Yes. Michael Pooper. Okay. Alex Trebek. Okay. Anyways. Oh, my goodness. Right. Way too many. Never mind. I'll take it back. <laughs> All right. Hey, so um, I, I heard this story on Relevant Podcast about this guy who somehow got in a situation where he was trapped in his car for like a week. And he lived on nothing but Taco Bell hot sauce, which was in his glove box. Ew. So it Ew. got me thinking, like, who actually keeps condiments in their glove box? And, like, uh, Jesse Carey is like, yeah, I do it all the time. It's normal. And so I decided I would get all scientific again, and I did a poll. Oh, this is a really good sample size again. So we actually had a total of five votes. Hmm. And we got a hundred percent nope. So I think Jesse Carey is lying. I would I would say so. Has to be. I mean they're from relevant, so you know that that automatically right there, there's some issues. <laughs> Without getting political. <laughs> well no, I was getting I was theological. Theologically. Alright, so you are back on the Twitter. We actually talked about that in uh, the Wax Museum podcast that you got back on the Twitter. Um, yes. And so you had to kind of, what do they call, capitulate or, or, or say, you know, like, yeah, I guess I did do something wrong. Like, there was some kind of... I had to, um, I had to uh, remove the tweet and, you know, admit that what I had done had violated the terms of service and that it was an abusive tweet. Right. So I went ahead and did it because I was like, okay, I'm running on 30 days. I've appealed three times. And each time I've been, you know, blocked and, or, you know, they've said, well, we're letting you know that we're going to continue to limit your account, et cetera, until you remove it. So I went ahead and did it. And I then posted my side of the story and pinned that on my uh, Twitter so you guys can check that out. Um, yes. Saint Theosaurus Rex. Correct. And ST for Saint. Yes. Also, just gets obnoxiously long. More so than Theosaurus Rex. <laughs> so this this got me thinking, though. Like even outside of political discourse that we do on social media all the time, some of us. Yep. Um, just in regular life, there are situations where. You did not mean to offend, and it is even like, in your mind, it is completely ridiculous that the person would have been offended. Yep. But there are situations where, like, the only way to move forward is to be like, I'm sorry if that did offend you. Right. You ever it's get in those situations? All the time. Um Yeah. But it's one of those things where, like, you've really got to, you've really got to kind of balance it with, um, 
okay, at what point do I actually admit that I've done wrong? And what point do I, you know, kind of just apologize because they were offended? Or it's, it's... Because in some ways, if you do, sorry, if you do kind of apologize and kind of take on wrong when you you know you probably, when you didn't, then they may think that, oh, well, this person, now they are wrong. Or, you know, now this person has admitted to doing whatever this heinous thing is that I, you know, didn't want them to uh, do. Well, I think, and I think like really what it is, is like being able to say, you know, I'm sorry you know, that I said this thing that really hurt you. Like, that was completely not my intention. Right. Um, and it's like, is there a way that we can move forward? Because I'm probably going to say this again because it's something I say all the time or it's a normal thing to say. <laughs> and or it's like weird it's that you were offended. You I don't know. Right. <laughs> I'm like, I'm totally speaking hypothetical, but I mean, it's like, it, it, it's a hard one to work around because it's like, okay, well, because I know for me, there's just situations where I'm like, okay, fine. I just won't say that around that person anymore. Right. right? And I'm like, I'm cool with that. Like, there's few things that I'm like, no, I got to keep doing this and you just got to suck it up. Like, I... I and I've said this, you know, multiple times, at least on social media. I'm like, don't be quick to offend. Don't be quick to be offended. Right. And it's like, if we can live by that, we can actually live at peace with one another. And so, yeah, sometimes it is to be like, okay, well, I don't think this is a violation. But if you guys really think it is, then it's fine. Like, okay, sure. With my with my um, brother-in-law, he he gets offended very very easily yeah. about things, and so there were many a time where it was like, okay, well, you need to apologize so that you guys can, you know, reconcile. I'm like, I did nothing. I treated him no different than I did anybody else, and nobody mm. else gets offended at this kind of stuff. And That's so it's tough. one of those like, hey, I'm sorry that this that oh, how did I word it? <laughs> I worded it in a way that it worked out, but it was one of those, you know, I'm sorry if this came across this way. It wasn't my intention. Yeah. You know, I'm going to work. But I think part of it also is whenever I, I apologize for something, I, I try to find a way to kind of remedy it. You know, yeah. in the future, I'm not going to do this or whatever. And I think that kind of takes away some of the, hey, I'm sorry you were offended by this. Yeah. Type thing. Well, and it's it's honesty, right? Like we still need to maintain our integrity and be honest about things. Like we can't yeah. just lie to like please other people too, right? So And that's one of the things that you've really gotta kinda of balance when you do apologize. Because if it's especially, you know, if you say, Well, I'm not gonna do that again, well make sure you're actually not gonna do that again. Or if it's something where you said something and they were offended because of an opinion you have or belief you have or something like that. And you can't really back up on that opinion or that a belief or whatever it is, then it, it could create issues and just consistent opportunities for apologies. And maybe sometimes you've just got to work through that. Well, and I, I think there is a point where you need to agree to disagree with people, too. And yeah. it's funny, though, my uh, friend that I do the wax museum with, um, he's telling me about this situation where somebody said, well, we'll just have to agree to disagree. And he said, no. <laughs> and I'm like, I have never heard of anyone doing that. But yeah, if there was somebody that would do that, it would be my friend Doug. That totally makes sense. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> last thing on that real quick. Uh, one of my favorite apologies 
came from a show called Babylon 5. Are you familiar with it? Uh, no. So in it, he, there's a space station, and there's this guy who runs the space station, and one of the races attacked it, and they had to blow up the ship. But in order to the ship that attacked the space station. And in order to make sure that a war didn't break out, the the captain had to apologize. And it really Uh just, as we were talking, it just kind of made me think about this. So he says, I'm sorry. I'm sorry we had to defend ourselves against an unwarranted attack. I'm sorry your crew was (laughs) stupid enough to fire on a station. And I'm sorry I waited as long as I did before I blew them all straight to hell. As with everything, it's the thought that counts. <laughs> and it's just like, yes, that is such an epic moment. That's crazy. But I feel sometimes we have to do that. And of course, you didn't end it that way. But yeah. um, I feel at some point that maybe that's what's needed when we do our apologies. To be honest and say, you know, you're being way too sensitive. But that never works. And it's like telling someone to calm down that never actually helps well, someone to calm down. And, you know, I was thinking this, too. And I'm kind of wrestling with this concept right now because I... I was thinking about how, like, being hostile towards other people um, and saying, you know, like, I got to make a point here. Like, people, I've had enough of this. I got to make a point. And it's like people use that excuse of being Jesus with the whip or, you know, how Jesus spoke to the Pharisees. And my experience and my understanding is that when you behave that way towards people, particularly on the Internet, when you behave that way towards people, we're like, yeah, I'm going to stick it to this person. Yeah. This group of people that believe these stupid things or whatever. Yeah. When you, when you hit those people in that way, in an aggressive way, it doesn't change that person's heart, but it gets the rest of your buddies on your side all riled up and they're like, yeah, right? I, yeah. My experience is that's all it does. So right. when when Jesus called out the Pharisees, did it change their hearts or did it kind of reiterate to his followers that he was on their side and they didn't have to put up with those silly oh. Pharisees anymore? I, I don't know. Like this is but I'm like, that's kind of interesting because people say, oh, I could follow that example. It's like, yeah, but. But Jesus knew exactly what he was doing. You right. don't know exactly what you're doing. So maybe it is best to stick with a gentle answer turns away wrath. Ah. And, you know, ultimately, uh, Jesus knew what he, like, like you said, Jesus knew what he was doing. And he knew what their response was going to be. Yeah. And he knew their hearts. And he didn't do it just to be like, yeah, take that, and, like stab him. Hmm. Or maybe he did. No. Leg <laughs> ass. <laughs> hey, so um, you had something on the ADD master list I'd like you to explain. Yes. Have you, have you ever thought about something that would sound really good to pray, uh-huh. but you, then you realize later on maybe you shouldn't have done that? And I have an example if you'd like. I have two, but I can go with one for now. Um, when my friend was getting married... Uh-huh. We had, there was a group of us guys, and we we're all like, we're in a guild together, you know, we, like a group of people we hang out all the time. Um, a guild is a group of like-minded individuals pursuing a common purpose. So we were like, you know, we we're trying to love Jesus together, that kind of stuff. So I thought this was going to be really awesome. So as we're praying, like the night before their wedding, you know, I was like, you know, Lord, we're just you know, praying for this guy. And, you know, let us be a shield to block, you know, to block away, you know, to block any attacks that may come on. Um, so that, you know, they're protected, you know, him and his wife and stuff like that. Uh, that sounds like an awesome prayer, except I could think God took it literally. And so that night, um, 
I was throwing up, and oh. one of my other friends, and so and my my friend who was getting married, um, he was feeling sick, so I ended up throwing up that night. Another friend, my um, the wife of the, uh, the guy who was getting married, um, she normally gets migraines. One of my other friends got a migraine. Oh, I had somebody hit my car, and they swerved out of the way of hitting my friend's car, the one getting married, and then hit my car. And wow. then there was another, it was just all this, I was like, oh, that sounded really good, but that was the worst thing I ever should Because I was telling the person at the auto place, like, hey, yeah, do this, here's what I did. And they're like, why didn't you pray that God would be their shield? And I was like, oh, yeah. oh that wouldn't so, sound nearly as good. That but is so crazy. <laughs> I shouldn't have done that. Have you ever done anything like that and then realized later on that you shouldn't have? I can't think of a specific incident, especially one as drastic as that. Like, and it's just kind of funny because looking back on it now, it's like, you know, God really has a sense of humor. Like, yeah. Right? Oh, for sure. <laughs> that is interesting. Yeah. But I, I, I think um, it was funny, uh, a clear lens. Are you in the a clear lens group? I'm not. Oh, okay. Um, they posted this question about what, and it was a poll, not as scientific as ours, but like whatever. Absolutely not. Um, but it was like, what is what is most likely to help, you know, prayer? What what is going to be make your prayer the most effective? And there were like three things, and then there was like none of them. Right? right. Was, were the options? And one was like having good character, having more faith. I can't remember what the third one was. And then it was like, and then, yeah, the fourth was like none of those. And I, uh-huh. like, clicked on having good character. And the reason being is, like, this idea that if we are righteous, if our will is aligned with God's, then anything we ask for, we will have. Right? Like, it's... Mm-hmm. and. I was trying to find the scripture that backs that up. I couldn't find it. But instead, I was just like, well, obviously, if my will is God's, then, like, of course what I ask for is going to happen, right. right? And so, yeah. yeah I, anyways, I was like, that's interesting. So, I mean, with you, it's like you had a desire, but it's like, it's like allowing the Holy Spirit to work in you to inspire the words you speak. Right? right. Rather than because I think sometimes we're like Peter, where we just want to jump ahead and do whatever. Yeah. And then we're like, oh, I don't have what I need to back that up. Right. Right. And it's like and maturity. Right. That's part of maturity. And it's like now, you know, like you've got this power in your prayers. So it's like, OK, so now you need to choose your words wisely. Right. So I'm sure over the years. You learned that, right? Oh, yeah, totally. Ever since she said, I'm like, hold on a second. Uh, hey, God, if you could do this. No, yeah. don't let me be part of this. I don't like it. It's not fun. That's so crazy. I'm, That's a crazy story. It, it is. It was, it was ridiculous. And I didn't connect it until the end. And then, because I was like, hey, so how are you doing, buddy? And he's like, yeah, um, well, you know, she normally gets migraines. And she thought oh. she was going to have one. And she didn't get one. And then I was feeling really sick that night. But I'm, I'm totally better. And, and wow. I was just like, oh, everything that's happened to us, it's your fault. I mean, <laughs> my fault. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, I think the, the verse you were mentioning, just FYI, is James 4, uh-huh. 2 and 3. It says, you, do, you desire, you have not because you ask not, because you ask amiss, seeking to consume it upon your own lust. 
And then he talks about um, uh, that, that anything you ask in my name, you know, I will, you know, I'll give you as basically to be that you have to be kind of aligned with what God is saying. So probably from James, if not, it may have been from like one of John or. See, oh, I might have been. I think it was in the Old Testament, and it was one of the bases for um, prosperity theology. And when I heard those people talking about it, and they're like, God will give us the desires of our heart. And I'm like, yeah, but it says give the desires of the heart to the righteous man. Are you a righteous man? I actually wrote a song about it. I was like so put off by it (laughs) because i'm like well if you are a righteous man but are you a righteous man right like it's like huh but anyways but there's numerous scriptures that allude to that and it's like and it's like this what happens a lot of times with people's theology is they pick one segment of the bible and they just build everything they like camp there and they're like yeah that's that's and it's like no you need to be a whole bible theologian right and be able to look at things, you know, with that perspective. Correct. Like, well, we have a we have a church in our area. It's called the Entire Bible Baptist Church. Ooh. So exactly, you need to go there. No more Anabaptist talk. Wait, is that the, that's a different podcast. That's Never mind. A different podcast. Yeah. It was only a couple of days ago. I don't remember anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I know. These should come out on the same day too. So check that out. We talked about oh. nonviolence. But we were allowed to get political. Yes. No politics here. No politics. Hey, so, um, okay, YouTube celebrities is, is, is something, you know, like my kids are always talking about somebody. And mm-hmm. I'm like, sorry, YouTube celebrities aren't real celebrities. Yes, and they are. I, maybe I just don't understand the younger generation, but I'm like, yeah, that's dumb. Anybody can be on YouTube. So oh, my gosh. It doesn't count. Okay, sorry. I opened... Okay, never mind. <laughs> right. I opened a stream and it just goes in and like of course they're cussing during that part. So we've got to, anyway. Sorry. Hi. So 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 my kid, one of my kids tells me, he says PewDiePie has eighty four million followers now, and mm-hmm. I was like eighty four billion followers, and he's <laughs> like, no, eighty four million. And I'm like, well, that's not as much. No. That's pretty sad. <laughs> Yeah, I Man, was thinking imagine. that's like that's like I'm juking the kid. You know, I'm not <laughs> Jesus juking, just straight up juking. Just straight up juke. If that's if that's a thing. Yes, it is. It's from real football, not your you know, football. football. <laughs> yeah. It's like I don't know. Uh, in case anyone was curious, we're at eighty eight and a half million and there's a subscriber difference of thirty thousand between PewDiePie and T series. We're still winning, guys. Whose side are we on? We're PewDiePie. Oh, I was I was rooting for the India people. What? Why? It's a it's a faceless corporation. Well, you know I don't want to get political, so we're not getting political here, though. It's like everything's <laughs> political. This is like, every time every time Everything the conversation gets heated, I'm just gonna be like, yeah, we can't be political, so. <laughs> Oh, I guess that was heated for for a Canadian. I'm sorry. Our, our first fight. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so um, do you have any piercings? No, I don't. Okay, well, you could get one. Um, <laughs> the new Acme home piercing kit. It Ooh. actually uses a r- laser, um, 
and it cauterizes. So you could basically pierce. You know, maybe I won't get into that. But I don't have an ear. I don't, well, I don't have ears that like I don't have ear lobes. Oh, I totally forgot about that. I could you could do one of the fins on my back. Maybe so you could pierce a fin. Is that is that fashionable for dinosaurs? It depends. It depends on how rebellious you are. You just you just seem so human like. I keep forgetting you're a dinosaur. <laughs> I know it's crazy. It's, it's weird. It's the strangest thing. So that's that is one of the things though. Okay, so it cauterizes the wound after it does it. Yeah. Now, is it, so it's kind of like a lightsaber. Kind of like a lightsaber, but it's like okay. you're using it to like, and you should be able to wear the piercing like right after. Oh. Yeah. So it's it's quite revolutionary. So um, check that out on acmelasers.com. Um, S or an E, or sorry, S or a Z. Use the code um, ADDM1003105100510. You guys mm. got that, right? Yes. It'll not be in the show notes. Okay. So write it down. Yeah. Yeah. Just rewind it. We'll give you the time to rewind it here. Okay, I'm pause here for a second. Pause music. Pause music. Pause music. Hey, so so I I was like listening to this podcast and somebody was talking about like this artist that would like paint a scene, but he would paint it at different times of the day. So it was the same area that he was looking at so let's say there was like a tree and a hill mm-hmm. but he would paint the same scene over and over again throughout the day at different times interesting and i was i was thinking about like just how much beauty we miss because the fact that this guy could find beauty so i'm assuming his painting found beauty right multiple times in the same day that's just crazy like just same location it's like, how many things did we just pass by? Huh. How, how many people do we pass by? I Okay, so this is a little bit of a story. But um, I remember I was listening to this, um, this guy. He was, I think he was like a priest. And um, he said that uh, he went over to somebody's house, and the person that he was visiting and having dinner with... Um, the guy's sister came over, and his sister had, like, this violin. And she's, she's like, plays for the concerto in, like, Vancouver, and, you know, she's a really good violinist. I think, you have, I think you have to be to get right. in the concerto or whatever that is. Um, anyways, so she had this violin, and he looks at it, and he's like, oh, can I, can I hold it? And she's like, uh, I, 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 I guess so. So then he holds it. He's got it. And he's like, can I, can I play it? And she's like, I, I'd rather you not. <laughs> and so he's looking over this violin, and then he sees on the neck, it says S-T-R. And it took him a while to realize it's a Stradivarius. And a Stradivarius is an extremely expensive violin. Like, we're talking like a hundred grand or something ridiculous. Don't quote me on this number, but it's like, I, you can't afford it, right? 
And the moment he saw those letters and he knew how expensive it was, he started to tremble. And he handed it back to this girl. And he said that, he said, what if, what if we actually recognize that every human being is made in the image of God? I mean, that would shift. Like, that would actually shift the way we treated every human being. Yeah. It's like, how much, how much more priceless are we, each individual person made in the image of God, than a Stradivarius? And he said, if I were to write something on every person's forehead, it would be honor. Wow. Yeah, I don't know if I totally gave that story justice, but I'm like, it's just incredible. Like, just this idea, you know, like, of what honor is and realizing. And it's, I think that's something so powerful about Christianity and, yeah. and Jesus and knowing that that's how he wants us to treat people. And we need to get better at that. And we, we kind of, oh, go ahead. I find even, you know, like, because I work downtown and there's just so many different people that you walk by. And it's just kind of cool to watch people as you walk by them. And it's like, yeah, everybody looks so different, but they're beautiful in their own way, right? Right. We kind of delved into the uniqueness of how Christianity kind of does that um, in the Wax Museum last week or last time. Oh, did we? So I don't remember we that. Did. It, was real, it was a real brief, like, kind of we hit on it. But um, I think that, so it is something that makes Christianity unique because we all start off within the, with something with inherent value within all humanity. Yeah. And that's something that we have to, I think, like you mentioned is, so it's not just a matter of like acknowledging that and knowing that like within our head, but taking that into our heart. And especially when you have people who do evil things or people who do who hurt us or who are intentional on hurting us or just thoughtless or whatever, yeah. kind of reminding ourselves of that. Yeah. Because um, a lot of times I think we forget it. Yeah. Well, and I, I think there's a tendency to, like, the people that hurt us, we tend to dehumanize them. Yes. Right? And we decide, well, is, that person's not even a human being anyways. It's like, yeah, they are. And I think right. that's where it gets dangerous when we start looking at people as groups too, right? And... Yep. Yeah, but we're not going to get political. But and <laughs> not know? to get political, but also like I mean, we do that. We like we separate people into groups, or put them to an ideology or yeah. whatever. But that's how one of the reasons why like you know we talk about like man's inhumanity to man and stuff like that. It yeah. all begins with dehumanizing them. It does, and I mean like even you know if we just look straight up at religion. It's very easy to dehumanize the atheist. Right. And then they're your foe. And it's like, no, they were made in the image of God, so how can you actually get to the heart with your speech? Right. Yeah. I um, was listening to an interview with Erwin McManus. Um, he's like pastor of Mosaic Church mm-hmm. in, I think it's L.A. Um, and it was the same guy that was talking about how... Um, gratitude kind of snaps you out of that lizard brain thing, right? right. Um, he was, it was really interesting because it was not a Christian podcast, but he started talking about, um, it was a really killer analogy, and you've heard of like people that lose a limb, 
and how when they lose a limb, they sometimes get phantom pains. Right. And it's like they get a pain in their hand, but their hand's not there. And mm. he said that phantom pains, you don't experience them unless you had something and you lost it. And so he said within every human being's soul, um, I guess he started by saying, like, everybody has ideals. Every human being on the planet has ideals. Like, we should have peace. We should have health. We should have, like, there's all these things. We should have healthy discourse with each other. We should have good conversations. We shouldn't be hurting each other or whatever, right? We have all these ideals and he said, we all have this soul phantom pain yearning for those things. And he's like, and if we're yearning for those things, that means it's something we had, but we lost. Hmm. So it, it's like us being made in the image of God. He created us with that in mind that we would have all of these things. But we have these phantom pains because we don't have them and we're supposed to. I guess where it gets weird, though, is like we used to have them. That's a hard one. I don't remember how he explained that. Right. But it's like, I guess, actually, Garden of Eden, we did have them. We had everything. And so we did have something and we lost it. Right? Right. We had that almost that perfect, not perfect, well, I guess perfect relationship with God and that one that we would never be able to have again. Well, not until we die. And being able to just like walk and commune with him, whereas now we can't even like, the most that we can see of God now is where he just was unless he's in the person of Jesus. And in doing that, he had to give up a lot of his glory to be able to do that. Hmm. I think I just Jesus juked us. <laughs> But that's interesting. Anyway, on a side note, a Stradivarius uh is um, worth about $16 million. Okay, yeah, I really underestimated that. Dang, you just fact-checked me. Checked it. (laughs) Fact-checked it. It's all... (laughs) Uh, In post, you may want to, like, cover that up. It sounded like you said something else. (laughs) Oh, it didn't? Okay. Yep. I'll listen to it and decide. Okay. Maybe I'll just bleep it out just because it'll be funny. Oh, my goodness. Like Five Iron Frenzy. Bleep. <laughs> hey. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That? Oh, isn't that a yeah, hidden the, song? That's the pants one. Yeah, the one. pants opera. Oh, yep. dang. I wish Jeff was here. We could talk about this. Jeff we'll is actually Jeff actually has some friends over at his house, so he's unable to podcast. Pleb. He's got friends over. Yeah, total pleb. Pleb? Pled? Pled. What? Yeah. What? What? Plebeian. It's um, uh, it would, it's like the Roman version of a peasant. Okay. But pleb sounds a lot better when you just like, just like throw it out there. In my opinion. Yeah, I like it. It's dehumanizing. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so Lloyd Legalist is on Twitter. I don't know if you follow him. I don't, but I see a lot of stuff uh, retweeted from him. He's super funny. He's got like this really dope comb over. Yeah. A dope comb over. Um, anyways, he usually just tweets like s- silly things about mm-hmm. church life, right? Yep. Um, but 
he asked this question that I thought was really interesting. If right now you could call yourself five years ago for 30 seconds, what would you say? Hmm. I like how I put you on the spot with this. Although you did, you did see it in the ADD master list. Unlike Jeff, you look at, at the ADD master list. That is true. Although most of the time I just open it for either to put something in or to, <laughs> yeah. uh, while we're reading it. Okay, with you, that said, oh, go ahead. You got one? Maybe. Uh, that would have been 2014. So I would have, that was a very interesting time in my life. Uh, I think I would say you don't need to buy it. Listen to your friend when he offers you the job and spend more time with your family. Ah. And then I'd probably have to argue with myself for a couple of minutes or for like 10 or 15 seconds. <laughs> okay, here's mine. Go for it. Just keep doing what you're doing. You're going to be okay, dude. Now, I, I think part of this is, like, I'm scared to mess with the space-time continuum. <laughs> right. I mean, back to the future, like, come on. <laughs> that is true. Uh, but see, I wonder, though, if I had... So... I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I, oh, man, now, now I'm just I'm overthinking about this more. I hey. was, I know, I know, it's funny. But I, I'm also not a super nostalgic person. Like, I typically just want to move on. And I'm just like, you know, because I have friends that are like, oh, remember when we did this? And I'm like, yeah, that was fun. So what are we doing now? <laughs> you wow. know, like, yeah. And so um, maybe to a fault, I don't know. But it's like I really believe we need to stay in the moment. And so I would want to really tell my old self to, like, yeah, stay in the moment. But it's like I don't know if you need to really tell that. I don't know. Huh. Hmm. But um, I saw somebody talking about, like, you know, you're scared to mess with the space-time continuum, right? So it's like if you right. time-traveled back to, you know, five years ago, it's like you wouldn't want to change anything you got to be very careful everything you do. So then he's like, so what makes you think that in the present you don't have to be careful about everything you do? <gasps> Black gasp. Mind blown. I know. I, when I saw that, I was like, whoa. Hmm. Well, because I don't think we're fatalists. You don't say well, that we're fatalists, uh, meaning? That we, we don't have, well... No, because that would assume that we aren't fit. Um, I think we can forge our own destiny. But what if people assume that time is a strict progression of cause to effect, but actually it forms a nonlinear, non-subjective viewpoint that's kind of like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff? Uh-huh. What if so that's really kind of like kind of like what C.S. Lewis says, right? That yeah. it's like the way God sees time, it's like everything's happening at once. Yes. And so it's not linear like we assume. Hmm. It's, it's, yeah, because we're kind of, like, if you think of it like a parade, we're like part of the parade. And we can only see what's around us directly and then exactly where we're going and where we've been. 
But even then, it's still kind of clouded by the other people up there. And God's like the Goodyear blimp. Now I'm like thinking of like uh, Interstellar. Murph! Murph! <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was a really good movie for the oh, record. It was so good. I, yeah. What is it, Matthew? Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. I like that guy so much. I don't know him, but I think he's a great guy. Watch allegations come out about him now. It's like, no, 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 not Matthew. Anyways. Hey, so, um, (laughs) conspiracy theories. Do you find conspiracy theories, like, fascinating? Uh, yes, actually. Sometimes. I will listen to Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie, um... When I can stay awake that much. I don't know if you're familiar with that. No, I'm not. Um, oh, man. What did I listen to? I think it was Art Bell is what I used to listen to. Yes, I don't know if that guy same, still exists. He, but uh, Art Bell's show went over. George Norrie now does it. Oh, okay. So it's the same guy. Okay, it's the same show. Yes. Okay. So I used to listen to it as a teenager at night. Mm-hmm. You know how teenagers, I don't know, listen to stuff at night and don't sleep when they're supposed to? Right, and they need the most sleep. I guess, yeah, and then they're all, like, grumpy. I don't know why teenagers do that, but I think it's, like, a biological thing. Anyways. I think so. Yeah, and my kids are hitting teenagehood, so it's, like, great. Um, But uh, anyways, yeah, I I remember this one episode where he said, okay, so we're going to talk about time travel tonight, so anybody that's a time traveler, call into the show. <gasps> and so all these people are calling in, and they're like, yeah, so um, they're saying like there's a parallel universe where um, slavery is, still exists in the United States. Um, there was a guy that was like, he said, yeah, so I have this little token that I have to use to get back to my time, but I lost the token. <laughs> like, there were all kinds of oh, interesting man. stories. I was like... It was so fascinating. And I'm like, I don't believe any of these people, but it's incredible the creativity of this. Yes. And how it all seems to align somehow. Right? Like, it's kind of like the, I don't know, corroboration? Is that the right word? Collaboration? Not collaboration. It is corroboration. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, the fact that some of it corroborates, you're like, well, that's really suspicious. Like, yeah. What did you so, have a favorite one that you watched or heard? So two things. Number one, uh-huh. I remember an episode where they had like, and they was like, if you're east of the Rockies, call this. If you're west of the Rockies, call this. If you're a time traveler, call this. So <laughs> I was listening to it in college. So he made it a separate one or whatever. But I was like, this is the most amazing show I've ever heard. They have time travelers calling up. Yeah. Uh, uh, the biggest one that sticks out to me that I remember is they were talking about aliens influencing like the history and stuff like that and there's a painting called the glorification of the eucharist by bonaventura sambalini it was done in like 1600 and if you google it and look up the picture it looks like you've got god and jesus up there and they're holding the antenna to sputnik and it looks just like sputnik oh yeah you showed me that yes crazy now of now, what people say is that they're just like, that's like their thing of saying we're writing, you know, like time. And those are like giant pins that they have and stuff like that. But it's totally Sputnik. We all know it. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So what we'll do is um, on our Facebook page, 
Um, we will ask that question. What is your favorite conspiracy theory? And um, yes. let's entertain each other. I will post the picture on there, so that'll might help out a little bit. Sounds good. Yep. All right. Hey, so, um, man, I made up a word. It's weird. I don't even know if this makes sense anymore. I'll see if I can explain it. It's funny. I add stuff to the ADD master list, and then I come back to it like a month later, and I'm like, uh, all right. Mathematoscientological emotional. I think I was trying to explain what I do. <laughs> because I'm like, I'm always trying to do the, it's almost like I'm doing, I'm calculating. Because I'm sorting out all this information, right? It's like I listen mm-hmm. to a ton of podcasts. I do quite a bit of reading. And I'm, like, trying to formulate a theory. Like, right now, I'm still trying to formulate a theory on what I think of nonviolence. <laughs> After right. we did that um, podcast episode for the Wax Museum. Right. Um, I'm, like, I'm still trying to formulate what that is. And so, but it's, like, there is an emotional end to it. Oh, I didn't include the word art in there anywhere. But there's an artistic end to it, too. And it's, like, it's just... I don't know. I can't put it in words. That word doesn't really work. Could that have been a description of yourself? Maybe. Because <laughs> you're could mathematical sign be, inter- <laughs> yeah, be an interesting song. Yeah, maybe it's a song. Oh, no. yeah. oh, my goodness. Well, you know, actually, um, Jordan Peterson, he talks about, like, uh, ideologies and how, like, there are core truths... Right? There's like a core right. truth that we can all agree upon, like, I don't know, gravity. Maybe yep. we can't all agree that the world is round, but like, whatever, we that's can't. another it's topic. Not. Obviously, it's flat. That's another great conspiracy theory. Um, but, anyways, there's some core truths that we can believe that we can all agree on that are just blatantly obvious. And then he's like, and then outside of that is just a cloud of dreamlike reality, and it's all these things that we're unsure of. And he said that ideologies, you know, so all these systematic ways of looking at things. And I would say some types of theology are the same way, too. Like, if you talk about Arminianism and Calvinism, it's like what they do is they try to take this dreamlike reality and make it like one of those core truths, but they do a terrible job. And so people buy into it, but it doesn't really fit reality. Mm-hmm. And he said, so within that dreamlike reality of, you know, the weird stuff that's really hard for human brains to comprehend, what's better than an ideology is for art to actually mm-hmm. illustrate that concept. And so after hearing him say that, I was like, oh, well, that makes so much sense. And I think that, like, art in general is, like, such a, mu- a better communicator because it communicates to your heart, it communicates to your emotions. For sure. And so I think that this is like, it's transformative if we're going to try to turn someone's heart toward God, right? It's like if we were able to use art. And I'm realizing that conversation is an art. And that's really what we're doing on the podcast, right? Is like we're creating art. Yes, we are artists. <laughs> hey, so um, wait before. Yeah, 
Uh, oh no, I just lost it. No, 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 come back to me, come back. Now you're talking about art, and then you're talking about... Oh no. So many things. Heck. No. Ah, why can't I pause and rewind? Why is this this way? No, it was something... By the way, that whole, like, what I was doing, like, last week I was talking about um, this whole idea of using gratitude. Um, it sustained me for, like, a good two weeks where I was just, like, able to handle anything. And I was like, oh, I'll be fine, I'll be fine. Today, I kind of tailspinned a bit, and I started getting anxious over a bunch of things that were going on, and it just kind of piled on. And I had to just kind of refocus again and just be like, okay. What do I have going for me right now? What is going well? And it got me out of that tailspin again. And I'm like, I don't know if this is like something everybody can do because I think some people actually legit need medication or whatever, right? But right. I'm like, it's such an interesting thing to try. And it's, and I, I know it was funny because like, last time when we talked about it, it was like, well, you can't ignore the bad things that are going on. I'm like, I am not. It's just the bad things in my life are dwarfed compared to the good things in my life. And so I'm able to look at those things and say, okay, yeah, yeah, I can manage this. Um, It's easy enough to queue up that video that, you know, like it's just little things used to frustrate me a lot more. So little things like, oh, man, nobody put a bag in the garbage again. And I got a handful of garbage. I'm so angry. I hate everybody. Yeah, it's not like that anymore. I'm just kind of like, oh, okay, I'll put this bag of garbage down. I'll go get the bag for the garbage can, and then I'll put the bag. Okay, done. All right, I'm over it, right? Yeah. And it's just, I don't know, like maybe I'm a little obsessive, but I'm I'm learning to curb my obsessiveness by having more gratitude. Very cool. I prefer to curb my enthusiasm. (laughs) I've never seen that show. I've never seen it. I haven't either, although, fun fact, there is a person whose last name is Funkhauser, like that random guy who posted on, wow, that terrible answer. I I like him, even with his terrible answers. That's terrible, that's terrible. Anyway, we should stop picking on him before he gets upset. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Sorry, we don't mean to pick on you, random guy who chose to participate. Now, people are not going to want to (laughs) participate In our group. Way Great. to go, Theosaurus Rex. It's not my fault. It's not my fault. <laughs> hey, so um, I, I, I did an episode of Wax Museum, too. We did, like, a two-part series on empathy. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking this, like, I'm still kind of wrapping my round, mind around this thought. Is the fear of empathizing the fear that you or your morals will be changed? Hmm. No, I mean, we did two episodes on this topic, so it's still really hard to hash out. But I think that... Sum it up real quick for me. I think that, like, and what I kind of... The way I grasp it now is I'm like, okay, so we have this fear that if we actually understand, you know, the person who is not a Christian, if we actually understood them, we might become an atheist too. Mm-hmm. Or if we understood the person who has a different political view, or if we understood the person who, you know, killed somebody, right? Like on the extreme right. end, we, if we understood the murderer, would we become a murderer too, right? Um, 
And it's interesting because I was thinking about it. I'm like, well, you can empathize and say, I can see why you would see it this way. I can right. understand why you were more likely to do what you did than I am. And it's like having that understanding, but it's like you're still holding on to your core morals. Hmm. I, yeah, and I guess part of it, too, is like if we're talking about empathy, and it's funny because a lot of times I'm finding a lot of Christians I encounter say, don't care about empathy. Don't need empathy, right? Like it's like right. it's like this idea that it's like no, 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 because your your heart is deceitful and all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, but this is another one of those like one part of the Bible that you're looking at, and you're saying I'm going to build my whole life around this. And yeah. it's like, how many times does the Bible say Jesus had compassion? Mm-hmm. And it's like we're to be like Jesus, so we should have compassion for people. And so that does require actually opening ourselves up to empathy. And I think the biggest stumbling block we have to empathy is the fact that we haven't experienced our own emotions. So if we Hmm. spend a lot of time, like if we do a lot of avoidance of our own pain, our own fear, our own shame, how do we have empathy? any hope at all of understanding whatever I just said in another person. <laughs> I was, I was going to try to repeat it, but then I was like, yeah, no, it'd be funnier no, just to just, say whatever I just said. I think so. <laughs> in summarizing everything you just said and then responding to that, because I can't, um, say it all (laughs) yeah i wonder if part of it so but if there's two parts to it Mm -hmm. that um so the first one may be that um because a lot of times we you know to empathize with someone you have to kind of you have to want to right so maybe we don't want to because the other person isn't a human right because we're we've dehumanized them to a point it's like "Eh." so now if i got to think like that maybe i should I don't want to try because, you know, oh, that person is insert whatever. And I don't want to, if I start thinking like them, you know, I don't even want to. You then know, I won't be that. a kind human of, anymore. Right. Or, mm. um, you know, like with C.S. Lewis, when he wrote the screw tape letters, he said that was a really dark time for him because he had to think like that. Yeah. And so if we, so, you know, you just want to kind of want to stay away from whatever you dehumanize a person about. I think the other yeah. part is that to empathize someone, you have to kind of understand where they're coming from, and you have to fully understand their position. And I think a lot of times we people don't want to go through the effort of trying to learn other people's opinions, other people's positions, and actually, like, understanding it, not just like, oh, this person bad, you know, this person good. But, yeah. like, okay, so what are some reasons why someone could do this and still be good? You know, or yeah. so and I think that's just too much for people. Charity. Yes. Well, wow, that is like a theme yeah, <laughs> I know we keep coming back to it. I, you know, and uh, Sam Smith, who's an atheist, that I listen to his podcast. I listen to a lot of different podcasts of people I don't agree with, and it's interesting what I pick up from them. And Sam Smith is a very—he's part of the intellectual dark web, oh. which includes a bunch of people. Um, yeah. Anyways, we don't get um, into politics. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm like, I don't know how to talk about it without getting into politics. But um, anyways, look it up sometime. Intellectual dark web, which sounds more nefarious than it is. Wait, it's not actually it, on the dark web? It's, it's a nice dark web, intellectual dark oh. web. Yeah. Okay. Jordan Peterson's part of it. Um, Makes anyways, sense. And uh, what? Russell Brand. There, see? I did, I did it without getting too political. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, he says that if you're arguing with someone, don't use straw man, use steel man. And it's like this idea that what you do is actually understand that person's best argument against you. Yes. And then you fight that. And I think, like, what I was thinking, too, is, like, if what I believe is the truth, then I should be able to find that person's best argument against me. Mm -hmm. And I should be able to defeat it. If I can't, then I was wrong to begin with. And I think we kind of come from this stance as Christians, as people of a specific political stripe, as people with a certain nationality, right? We could do all of that, right? Or I'm I'm trying to think of what else. I'm I'm an Apple user. Okay, let's do that to make it even simpler, right? Uh, So from that stance, I start with this perspective that I'm like, I'm right. Everybody needs to learn from me. Yeah. An iPad is better than an Android tablet because, you know, and it's like, no, no, no. Have you even, have you even tried an Android tablet? Right. No, but I know that, right? And it's like, it's so ridiculous. And it's like, you're not convincing anybody because all of this, and we talked about this many, many episodes ago, it's all branding. Like, everything is branding. And so if I, as a Christian, decide to attack Islam, how is that any different than me as an Apple user attacking Android? It's like I'm not looking at the Apple user to tell me what's crappy about Android. Right. That's not helpful. I'm not listening to that person. And so I I, I think that, you know, we have to actually take into consideration all the factors before we start attacking something because otherwise we just look like brand loyalists and people that haven't really thought anything through. Right. Well, that's, um, so two things on that. Uh Number one, I worked at a large retail, um, electronics retailer, actually still moonlight with them at times. But, you know, so I'd work in the computer area and people were like, oh, we need an Apple. I'm like, uh, how, how sold are you on, on doing an Apple? What, can I show you a couple other options just so you can have the full, you know, thing? So you already know everything what you want about Apple. But what about this one's comparable price? Um, here's your specs on this one. Are yeah. you even open to considering it? Sometimes people would be like, no, I have to have this. Yeah. And then sometimes I'd be like, oh, well, let's look at this. And we would weigh out the pros and the cons. Right. Um, and, of course, it takes a lot more time to do that, and especially in, like, a sales-type situation. People are like, oh, I don't want to take time. But for me, it's like, you know, this isn't my, my regular job. I don't, we don't get commissioned, so it doesn't really matter to me. Let's just take the time. You guys are nice people, and we'll just walk through the steps and help you come to the best um, product for you. And then um, the other thing is, uh, and this kind of alienates a lot of people, but especially on my personal um, page, I'll go and I will state something 
and I will state it to be just a fact, like maybe an idea that I'm having or something I'm working on. Yeah. And my goal is to get people to respond and to respond with their best arguments on it. So I may say something, I may even use like hyperbole or something like that. You know, like all Calvinists are going to hell because they believe this. <laughs> but so in doing that, though, I get people's like best responses. Yes, yeah. I alienate some people, but I also get their best responses. Right. And then because I want them to be able to poke holes in my beliefs. Because then that gives me the opportunity to like, okay, now I can fix it and patch these holes or find out, well, maybe my truth isn't exactly where it should be. And like we can go on with it. Hmm. So it's it's a little it can be it, it can be tough, but I think ultimately that's the best way if you're actually interested in learning about other people's opinions or other people's beliefs or stuff like that. It's yeah. really important to be able to do to go against like you said their steel man. Well, and it seems to me that like the wide majority of people don't care what other people why people believe what they believe. And it, it and it's very weird sad. to me. And it's like helping people learn that it's actually something helpful. Right. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's tough. But I, I think there's so much, and I, I think it's beauty again. I think we're back to like kind of like, you know, where I said every, you know, well, the Bible says that every human is made in the image of God. And I think because of that, there's something you can learn from every individual you meet. Right. And it's like God may teach you something through an atheist, which sounds totally crazy, but he may. Yeah, well, <laughs> somewhat unrelated in the, um, if I may quote King James here for a second. Uh-huh. At one point he was talking, there was um, um, Balaam's donkey. And, you know, and he goes in, and so he learned from a donkey, and what the King James says, and the ass spoke. Yes. Right, and so... We can learn from even even an ass. Totally. We can learn stuff from it. Totally. And I think what, what this requires, and I think this is I think this is the big kicker right here, is like it requires humility to listen. And we as Christians need to have a lot of humility. And I'm mm-hmm. talking to myself here too, right? And I just, I don't think we can get enough humility. And I'm still trying to figure out what humility is. I mean, it's, it's one of my mathematical, scientological, emotional things I'm trying to work through right now. Right. Wow, I just dropped that. You did. You did. <laughs> I forgot the art part, though. I got to add the art part. I'll have to refine that word. Um, yeah. Hey, so um, whenever someone has a baby, <laughs> I always find it funny. That they always list the weight. Yes. Yeah, so we had a baby. His name is Bob. He's a boy. Yeah, yeah, but how much does he weigh? I've got to know. (laughs) How much does he weigh? Oh, that's that's heavy, I think. I don't know. For me, it's it's not the weight as much. It's the length. (laughs) Yeah. Like how I don't how do I I that man be he's twenty one inches long? How wide is he? <laughs> yeah, like for, so for weight, I can, I can just I can understand a little bit because you got big old babies. Yeah, yeah. But the length is like it. I, it was it was all in like the fetal position, right? So it doesn't matter that it was twenty one. It's just twenty five. Whatever. It is. I don't know what normal length for things. But I know normal baby weight though is like between eight and like nine pounds. 
I wonder I if it was like, that. we have had a baby, and people are like, yeah, what does it look like? You know what? Yeah, it looks like a baby. So <laughs> what distinguishes this baby from that baby over there? Well, um, it's a boy. Okay, okay, but like we need more detail. Well, how about we weigh it and measure it? Yes. And then we got something to tell people. That's a big baby. It's like babies are boring. <laughs> yes. Okay, I don't know why I wrote this in the ADD master list, but I think this will be our final thing. Okay. You can't judge a baby. <laughs> oh, okay, I know what it was. All right, I was having a conversation. So our, our, our okay. church... Um, our church merged with another church, and so we went from being in a school gym into an actual building, and so it's like we're now kind of like city churchified. We've got like the smoke and lights and all that oh. stuff, and everything's very professional-like. Um, anyways, and so I heard this conversation where it's like, so what do you think of our church and it was like, well, it's just a baby. You can't judge a baby. And I was like, I like that. You can't judge a baby. <laughs> wow. It's We're actually king. very true. It's like, well, I don't know. She's pretty fat. It's like, you don't say that. <laughs> it's a baby. I don't that know. That, kid, that baby seems pretty dumb. <laughs> Why does a baby keep eating its foot? That doesn't make any sense. That baby seems pretty selfish. Yeah. <laughs> that baby is a narcissist. Why is it always crying? <laughs> always crying. So much crying. <laughs> I can't help it. That reminds me, there was a, back in the day, in the, when the internet was a baby, it would go in and like, so there was a YouTube channel called Black 20, and they had this little sitcom thing and blah, blah, blah. But there was one line, and there was a giant baby floating in the sky. Uh-huh. I don't remember why, but it was floating in the sky. And um, the one guy looked at him and shook his fist at the floating baby in the sky and said, You suck as a baby. Babies are really easy to be, and you are the worst baby ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is gold. That's a great way to end this. Um, yeah, go to our Facebook group. We're there. We're also on Twitter. It's spelled A-D-D, Master Mind. I'm not spelling it out. You should know how to spell that. If you don't know how to spell that. um. You're the worst baby ever. (laughs) 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 That's the title of the episode right there. Um, I love all of you guys. Even Christian Funkhauser. Um, Poor guy. We're sorry. We'll make it up to you. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Uh, Catch you guys on the flippity floppity. Toodaloo.